A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This episode of Dum Dee Da is sponsored by Liquor You Like on the Felsham Road. The chap's called Hammered and he's so lovely. Doesn't mind if you come in twice a day. Don't tell anyone. Thank you very much. Hello, this is Tim Bentink. Um, you might recognise me as David Archer, or you might just think I am David Archer. Well, I'm not. I'm Tim. Um, I, like you, uh, listen to Dum Dee Dum as much as I possibly can. And I'm here to tell you that on Monday, March the 16th, between the hours of 8 and 9, and probably going on a bit longer, there will be a live episode. Um, so you've got to tune in, uh, or podcast, or download, or whatever it is you do. Um, because I shall be, I shall have just finished recording an episode of The Arches up in Birmingham and I shall be driving home. So I'm going to be legally, because I've got a hands-free kit, um, on the motorway, driving down and ready to answer all your questions, whether or not it's uh, about whether I actually saw my father, heard my father, or whether my father just inhabited my head, or whether I drowned Eddie Grundy um, quietly on the side, whether Frida was my fault, because, of course, David manages to t- knock off most people in, in Ambridge. It wasn't. Um, all those sorts of questions will be answered by me on the motorway live, remember, Monday, March the 16th, between 8 and 9 o'clock. Perfect. Brilliant. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> so much better than Joanna's trail. <laughs> <laughs>
This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the re- I am the flood rescue service that is Roy Ifield Brown, and with me I have the drooping bollock that is Ballcock, not bollock. <laughs> Why would I have said bollock? I wouldn't describe myself oh, as a drooping what. bollock. The, the Americans and their plumbing. Their plumbing isn't as robust as ours, you know. Is it not? No, no, they're talking about ballcocks. You know, right. the, the, the toilet You've here. You've broken the lavatory in your flat, haven't you? Hmm? You've broken the lavatory in no, your flat, Not me, you? not me. But there was a bit of a party uh, last Friday, and um, somebody put something in the toilet at which the toilet couldn't quite cope with, and, it, right. and, and the ballcock struggled, shall we say. Right, mm. okay. That's all I've got to say. What Good. a way to yeah. start dum dum Moving on. But you know swiftly. what? There is a link there. Water. Water, yes. water everywhere. Mm. Yes. Oh, and the most, impart- the most important part of our Brookfield floods is you folks. And oh, oh, you lot were exercise this week. Call a rinneras galore. Mm. Mm. Today's rendition of Backroom is brought to you by Jimi Hendrix. We <laughs> <laughs> dredge him up from the dead, Lucy. <laughs> this came as an email from Mark uh, Redman. Mm. Who said, Dear Row Ifield and Lucy, I understand your cupboard is bare, so I'd like to commend this to you. The exact provenance is unclear. It is thought to be a bootleg recording from Woodstock in 1969. After shredding the Star Spangled Banner, Jimmy apparently turned his attention to Barrett Green. It is, of course, entirely plausible, given that, as we all know, a year later at the Isle of Wight Festival, he gave a shout out to my main man, Walter Gabriel, and offered to buy a round for all those motherfuckers in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think he made that last bit up. I don't know who Mark Reedman is, but I quite love him for that. That's very funny. No, he, he, he's, he's quite funny, quite funny. But Lucy, right? yes, I don't know why I've started this this episode of Dumpty Dum in such a chipper mood because I'm not happy. I know you didn't enjoy it, did you? But you know what? <laughs> but before we go into the fact that I'm not at all happy about all things Ambridge this week, Lucy, why don't you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of Dumb the Dumber of the Week? Yes, if you want to ring Roy out or mop up Mike, then give us a ring on 02030313105 or get in touch via SpeakPipe on the site. Um, thank you to Harriet at Shambridge, who to my surprise suddenly appeared at the window in a Kath Kidston punt uh, and handed me the sponsorship messages, which was very nice. And uh, to Derek for the load of the back bedroom where I've been holed up, trapped for the last week. Derek's in his wetsuit, which he always wears on a Monday anyway. And I have collected all the little sachets of silica that you get inside handbags and have stitched them together to make a form of garment, which is keeping me dry. So if you have any more, please send them to me. C.O. Derek's back bedroom. Thanking you. This week, call the We've got Cosmo. He's back. Well, Yay! isn't he going Temporarily somewhere? back. Then now he's going again. All right. That's Cosmo. He doesn't know what day it is. Uh, Dusty Sum says... Oh, main girl does oh i'm not allowed to say that anymore no Am I? They're, they're not my main girls because that's sexist mm. sorry she's one of the wonder women that's what we're yes. calling them. and they're not my wonder women they're just women that are wonderful are wonders. and yes. uh empowered and not at all part of the patriarchal society and no man owns them and they're their own women and dusty's one of those so dusty who's crossed that no one no one drowned properly a lot of people wanted ruth to go didn't they i know <laughs> And she knew. That's the reason why she hightailed it out of Ambridge. 
she knew the floods were coming. She's like, oh. look at the forecast, and she was off. She left skid marks in the yard. <laughs> Cheers, who's full of righteous anger. I love me some Alison. Ben, who loves a nice flood. Jojo Sexy Heels, who. We've got more calls than this, haven't we, Lucy? No. Really? Mm. Jack and, and Jojo Sexy Heels, who cheers the return of Jazza the Jizza, Jizza Jazza. Uh, but first, before <laughs> all that, Lucy V. Freeman, what have you got in your main drain? Uh, what a wet week in Ambridge. We started the week with people commenting on the rain. Goodness, this weather isn't getting any better, is it? So to everyone, to everyone else. Elizabeth visited Shula. Oh, I'm dripping all over your floor, said Elizabeth, and then hastily said, Goodness, this weather isn't getting any better, is it? Just to make sure Shula knew she hadn't weed herself. They had a chat about the forsaken Brookfield money. Oh, well, we'll muddle on, I suppose, said Shula self-pityingly. Muddle on? Yes, you just muddle on with your lovely house and your son with his trust fund and your husband's salary and your horses and your business. Ed Grundy muddles on, you don't, you silly cow. Uh, Ruth, Hootijil and David had a row on the landing at Brooker's in a curious scene in which they all appeared to be eavesdropping on each other from inside the airing cupboard. People kept saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to overhear, in a space that must only be ten foot long. Ruth then left Brooker's, with Jill running along behind her, shouting, Goodness, this weather isn't getting any better, is it? <laughs> and drove off to Prudder in a high dudgeon, which she left with its engine running in the yard, and no sooner had her wheels left the premises than the pit What's started What's a high dudgeon? Up. Is that like a new form of, like, is that like a new model of BMW? Or 4x4? Four four? Yes. Yes. Uh, Jennifer had left the boiling water tap running in the Albion and it flooded bloody everything. Nobody mentioned it was warm flood water and it was only when Josh's chickens started laying boiled eggs that Jenny Darling realised what had happened and paddled off to go and turn it off. Eddie did something peculiar in the drain under the yard at Brookfield that involved a lot of coughing, retching and spluttering. It sounded like synchronised swimming, but it turned out he was ramming one of Hootie Jill's bread puddings up the main drain in an effort to stop the damage. There was more retching and spluttering at the bull, but that turned out to be Fallon and Harassment Burns duetting. <laughs> Fallon got a bit shirty with Harassment for expressing concern that large bits of Ambridge were floating off. Stop fussing, she said, and take a picture of me so I can send it to Mum and Kenton to make them feel guilty. I should think that coming back to find they've nearly bankrupted their business and entire family will make them feel guilty enough, Fallon. I'm not sure you prancing around on a collapsing riverbank will make them feel any worse. The deluge provided opportunities for the local he-men to explore their macho mm. status. Tom blew up his sausage water wings and Doggy paddled over to Brooker's to help Pip, who was having to cope with Bert Fry, who sounded even more depressed than normal, having watched Frida go over the weir on an ironing board. <laughs> you could tell it was a proper crisis because Pip went northern. Anyway, they unplugged the thing that gets the milk out of the cows and stood it somewhere dry and then plugged it in again and got the milk out of the cows and that qualifies Pip for the George Cross or something. I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was too busy wondering why Linda had gone catatonic and where was Scruff? Charlie got his barber trapped in the plug hole and nearly drowned. <laughs> Luckily, he is a fit young man and can go down for hours. Uh, Adam got a bit panicky, hauled him out and performed CPR on assorted parts of his anatomy. It was an unorthodox way of resuscitating someone, but it brought the roses back to Charlie's cheeks. And by the time he came to, he was tucked up in bed wearing Ian's bed jacket. 
Rob stood like King Canute shouting at the floodwater to go back and getting very stroppy when it ignored him and then seemed very keen to get himself back in the dry, followed by Helen and Henry as an afterthought. Happily, he got smacked in the rollocks trying to rescue Auntie Cardboard and it couldn't have happened to a nicer fella. It got so chaotic, at one stage I just stopped trying to establish who was where, whether drowning or dead, and just sat there smiling beatifically like an old granny at a toddler's birthday party, while characters surged around me shouting, Have you seen Emma? No, but I've just spoken to Helen who said Sabrina Thwaite had seen her as she floated past with Oliver Sterling and Mrs Woolley. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised to hear, Oh, look at Kira over there playing with Richard Nixon and Mrs Antrobus. Hootie Jill Richard and Nixon? David had an emotional wreck. Yes. Well, exactly. There were so many characters, most of whom were silent, popping up left, right and centre. I couldn't establish what the bloody hell was going on. Hootie Jill and David had an emotional reconciliation with tongues once he discovered that she hadn't died, but had been eating custard creams in gay grables while everyone had been splashing around (laughs) madly trying to find her. Jill suggested that Killer Toboggan should move into Brooker's, largely so that she had someone to hide behind when Ruth started chasing around the kitchen table with a screwdriver. Gay Grables opened its doors to the great and washed and a bit soggy, including Elizabeth, who had a coy exchange with Roy, asking him to turn round while she got her kit off. I thought Surely they were that completely is... washed because they're all wet. Wet through. Well, nobody's oh, drain that, water, that's isn't true. it? So that brings Bert up all the sewage. Say, what was yes. that smell, didn't Yes, he? but he said it oh, on Sunday, God. didn't he? Which we're oh, not no, talking, we're not talking about. about. Oh, no, yes. no. How do we know it yeah. was Sunday? Yeah. Because I listened no, to it last night. because nobody knows what day of the week it is. Ah, that's true. Mm. Yes, it could have been anything, couldn't it? Could have been a week last Friday. Um, Roy has been up close and personal with Elizabeth's tent flap, so a bit of side boob isn't going to bother him. <laughs> Roy, with his usual immaculate timing, decided the middle of a natural disaster was the ideal time in which to tell her that Kate Haley wanted a divorce. He's the type of man who'd tell you that he thought the chicken he had at lunch might be off in the middle of an earthquake. <laughs> but I had a thought about all this apro and What, what was that thought, stuff. Lucy? What was it? You, mm. The thought was, what they need was to follow the Dutch example and someone needed to put their finger in a dike. <laughs> I am very much hoping... I am very much hoping that might be Helen when she comes to her senses and gets shot of Titchy Knob. Here's hoping. Come back, Anthea. Your time has come. <laughs> oh, well done, Lucy. I... Uh, Thank you. You know what? That, that that little link to Holland and Dykes is quite prescient, actually. Because... Is it? Oh, no, we're not going to start talking well, about country borders. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't we want are, to. Aren't we? Right. But... But you've got that lady that goes and researches Not all contrary your... <laughs> is <laughs> now contrary. our unofficial but official unpaid intern fact checker the dumpty dumb fact checker not contrary over in toronto she doesn't my god she doesn't just take what i say she she googles it afterwards right and and right now i said it was balnasaur which was the uh the crazy place on the dutch and the belgian border yes where there's bits of holland and bits Mm, of belgium and And there are there are enclaves within enclaves it's absolute bonkers madness right now i'm gonna fact check her because she says it's baal herzog Right, which is true, but that's, maybe that's but that's a different name. Exactly. Of that place, is it? So no, 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 not contrary, right? So, <laughs> but she did also fact check me. I think now she's an employee. You're technically not allowed to. No, go so I'm just giving her official official us. warning. You get any more facts wrong, okay. right? On air, not contrary, and you, you'll be sacked, right? So let's take that as your first official warning. Um, but then she, but she did absolutely, completely 
uh, correct me on the fact that I say this is a gynecological chart about the about the country and no more yeah. emails and texts and tweets about penis shaped islands please come on <laughs> All right. let's move on I don't know I, I thought you know, it's not that the thing is with a spoon I know my audience <laughs> You know, you send that. You know, I've got some adolescent hang-up. I know my audience, and my God, have you dumby dummers run with this? So, there's some island uh, just off uh, the second island uh, in Fiji. It's called Massive yes, Willy Yes, a proper pair of testicles no. at the end of it. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite the thing. But no more tweets well. about <laughs> penis-shaped islands or countries, please. But uh, not contrary. Did uh, correct me and say it's not. If anybody has any remaining penis photographs, however, please feel free to send them to yes, ECV. Yes. Free- <laughs> no, don't. No, no, no. No, it's I don't really want them. Andrology, if it's the male uh, naughty bits. Uh, not gynecology. Yes. So, uh, so, so, uh, so, so well done, yeah. not contrary. One out of two. Uh, well done. Continue to fact check, please. <laughs> now, right. Uh, I've started this show in a proper perky mood, which is in dire contrast, yes. Lucy V. Freeman. To the way that I feel about last week's shenanigans in Ambridge. I loved it. I thought it was the funniest thing I've heard for ages. So what is na- funny comedic? Funny peculiar? Just, fu- just, just, I thought the sound effects were, uh, no, right, come on, I've got to be sensible. No, 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 it's a dum dum podcast. I was we don't actually... want sensible. We don't what? want sensible. <laughs> sensible is the domain of Witherspoon, who didn't call in this week. That's right? true. But anyway, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. Right. Mm, go. Um, I think we've 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 pushed him into an existential crisis. He's probably sitting with his head in his hands, crying. Anyway, uh, I thought that the script was actually quite mm. reasonable. I thought that there were there was a lot of classic radio drama lines. At one stage, I was fully expecting someone to say, are you serious? And then to answer, I've never been more serious in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was starting to sound like something from, you know, 1943. Um, But I thought that as a sort of a representation of, uh, uh, you know, that that did happen to people in in Somerset. It happened to uh, lots of rural areas uh, last year. Admittedly, not this year. Um, But, you know, it, and it's absolutely devastating. And you think of, of fire and everything as being obviously fatal. But, and, but the damage and the disgusting health hazards and the scariness of the power of water is really, really frightening. And I think they got that across quite well. And I also actually, and someone else has said this, for the first time actually felt a bit concerned about Pip. That she'd been left and that... that she was left with Bert and she didn't know what to do and you know yeah well, I thought pro- it was she's proven pretty herself good. to be a very capable young lady who can think on her feet she sorted out yes. this thing with the pump and Tom said that's a great idea Let, let's yeah. crack on and then the is she she's related to Tom isn't they're, they're she second cousins or something aren't they because they seem to get on quite well, and I was thinking, oh, hello, what we're not is it heading with, down that route, are we? What is it with you and half our dumby dum listeners that, are, you know, male and... Every yeah, time exactly, anyone gets so, on, oh, yeah, I know. There you go, yeah. there you go, in yeah. love, incest, yeah. fam- family bonking, yeah. you know. <laughs> right, now here's my take <laughs> on the last week. Now, I haven't properly yeah. formed all of my thoughts, because I just... 
I just, I'm um, just exasperated. <laughs> Four letter I just, words. It's what I said, if not last week, the week before. And probably even like the month before that and the month before that. I tune into this for character-driven drama. And I appreciate, because I had a bit of a... Not drama-driven character. Well, it's just... We didn't need this, but it has been a handy plot device to actually wrap up a whole load of storylines. And I don't mean the very obvious one about Root B. But David and Ruth, rapprochement, sorted. Happy to see you're still alive. But, but that happened on Sunday. But that's oh, Sunday. Oh, bollocks. Ugh. Well, what day of the week is it? I'm confused. And that's the whole... Th- that, that's that's another thing. Well, I'm... yeah, I, I didn't like that bit. I did... I felt like I was... It was like it was like the bit between Christmas and New Year when you keep saying, what day is it? Because, you, you know, you've lost all sense of time passing. Because I kept thinking, is it the next morning yet? And then thinking, no, hang on, they're all still at St. Stephen's. Well, is it still raining? You know, I just did not know where I well, was. Well, let's start with the positive. I thought Tim Bentinck's performance was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yep. I I could absolutely see the poor guy rushing around the village, panicking, feeling that, you know, he had to save the day. And I thought that um, David Archer was a hero. And, you know, when he got all emotional because Linda had a go at him and whatever, you know, I I felt his pain, you know, and Lizzie saying, you know, tell her, tell her, you know, that brilliant. And I absolutely agree. I think the the writing in terms of the the, the character driven uh, bit bit of writing was, was great last week. I have a massive problem with this whole biblical flood malarkey. Now, I appreciate (laughs) and I've said this before. You are the new editor on this long-running soap opera, sorry, whoops, docudrama, and you want to put your stamp on it. You can dress this up somewhat as, well, I'm going to put things in peril so people realise that the archers belong in Brookfield and, you know, and, and how steadfast people actually really are and yada, yada, yada. But this was the wrong device because it does smack of planes crashing into Emmerdale plagues on Brookside. But this happened. This happened to people in rural yes. areas. It's the biggest threat that faces people I... in rural areas apart from things like foot and mouth and all that. You know, a the plane prob- isn't going to land like the it did prob- on The problem and, and, is know, with no... that is that the pace of this show viewed from a slight distance has massively gone up and it cannot be denied now yes. that's what we're yeah, talking yeah, about that in the last year we've had big storyline after big storyline and I, and I get it right we are fundamentally tuning into something to be entertained and it can't you know we can't have twitches every week as, as funny and as humorous and as heartwarming yeah. as that was you can't have that week after week you can't have, oh, shall uh, Clary and Susan making a wedding dress every week. I get it, right? But I can't catch my breath. In, in a funny way, this is great for us, Lucy, because we've actually had, um, every two months, a big storyline to get our teeth yeah. into and to discuss. You know, if we started this podcast, if, if you could have started a podcast 20 years ago, we might have struggled with the material. 
<laughs> we're doing the flower and produce show every week. So I suppose, you know, I'm, you know, I'm biting off the hand that's feeding me. But I just, I, the whole thing with moving to Prudder, you know, and the fallout between David and Ruth. I thought that was going to be something where we could actually save it. It was going to be a slow burn, but bang, she's come back. She, you know, her family was put at peril and it's all sorted. Now, and I know this was yesterday's and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around here. Uh, yesterday's show. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, as you said, I don't think anyone knows where the hell they are at the moment. So I think it's fine. John, can I read you Go John Cop's email? Because he agrees completely with you. Hmm. He's headed his email, whatever next to Plague of Locusts. He said, uh, blah, blah, blah. There is absolutely no need for a major disaster chosen at random from a list of biblical disasters. Mm. Uh, I never say never, but my many years of patience have been sorely tested this week and I feel I have better things to do with one and a quarter hours the remaining years (laughs) of my life each week. (laughs) That's a bit drastic, John. Um, He said, in a dry spring where the Somerset levels are normal, whatever next, the spring wheat will start sprouting and a plague of locusts will descend from Broadcasting House. Then he adds... I had a couple of days in hospital this week. I'm fine, thanks for asking. And did you know the beds no longer have headphones so you can listen to the wireless? Cheers, John. I did not know that, John. That is appalling because the one thing that would have made you hurry up and get better in an effort to get away from the radio is probably having headphones to be able to listen to this week's The Archers. Uh, but yes, no, so he's uh, completely in agreement with mm. with you that it's just... Uh, biblical... Dis- yeah, a, a major disaster chosen at random. Mm. As he and says. you know, a few people I've seen on on the Twitters on on the Book of Face were like, "Oh, driest February ever," and this is that. And so uh, the, the scriptwriters yeah. got caught out there. You know, they got caught out. You know, and yeah. we know that they're, yes, but they're doing exactly, it three months in exactly. advance. So, but still, in terms of plotting uh, this over the mm. last twelve months, it's like, come on, you know, I we need. But you know what? Last year, when the Somerset levels mm. flooded, they were getting flack because people were saying, how come it's not raining in Ambridge? No, but they did do a little bit of rain, didn't they? They did, but because they... but the, No, they didn't, because they took in the cows from the couple in Somerset that oh, were yeah. affected. Yeah, OK. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. But that's the only way, it, you know, yeah. Listen, the rest of the time they were completely and, fine. And they can't win in that respect. And, you know, so... And yeah. I was actually going to say, you know what, yeah, they can't win and they do this thing three months in advance and stuff. But, but... But, right, there is a reason why this thing is on Radio 4. There's a reason why this thing has legions of followers all over the globe who are of a certain type. And I say that advisedly. You know, I, I like uh, Marvel superhero movies because, it, because it's my childhood. And I quite like to see a skyscraper collapse. Okay, and somebody with a cape you know rush and you know and hold the thing up and and people running hither and dither and saying oh captain america you've saved me but that for me is fantasy for me what's attracted me to the archers is the fact that this was pretty much plausible and i fell in love with this thing uh, in not in the mid to early 80s because of the very sensitive and realistic portrayal of Kathy Perks uh, having an affair with that dreadful policeman, and but a flood is yes, but it's the amount of drama. That's my point. I'm not saying that you can't have dramatic uh, dramatic points 
and, and tension within the village. I'm not saying there cannot be no drama, because as I said, you can't have uh, Robert and Jimus uh, twitching every week. You can't have that, right? <laughs> but we've had people jilted at the altar. We've had the, mm, the yeah. in effect, uh, and a massive affair kind of out of nowhere right you know oh yeah. i don't i yeah. don't yeah, like yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife's yeah. hair in my face oh i'll have an affair next week then shall i you know yeah we've it's just gone on and on root b it, nobody but nobody but nobody ever believed that the archers were going no. to leave so there was no yeah. real peril there was no real peril no right this was some it was a and i I spoke to uh, Tim, who did a lovely trail for us at the start of this show about our 50th episode, which is next week. And we had a lovely chat uh, on Saturday. And he was he's very much for uh, what uh, Mr. O'Connor has done and understood the reasoning behind it. It was that, you know, to put everything in peril so that people could realise how essential. Uh, yeah. the main artist yeah. family are to the show yeah. but we never thought they were going to go no no, no one fell for not it not at all they? so the peril were, were, was false and we, we, we've been led down a route of this ridiculous storyline you were going to move a whole farm uh, of 3,000 head of cattle all the way up to the northeast, but your mother-in-law couldn't move down one old biddy in the yeah. twilight of her years couldn't move that, but you're gonna move a, excuse the French, a fucking yeah. farm, right? <laughs> it's yeah. just nonsense. And I, listen, I always try and give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and I sit on the fence and I look both ways. I'm like the Roman god Janus, you know, with two heads looking both ways, yeah. And I quite like that, but it has to be said, I thought again, sound effects man, people whoever great right the actual acting great you know the actors dealt with the script that was thrown at them and they did it you know for what it's worth i thought the gentleman that plays adam macy slightly overacted but you know what his love interest nearly drowned so so yeah i'll give him the benefit of that with that but it didn't it's a bloody flood it's a this it's a that i used to love and i've said this before i used to love and adore Brookside in the 80s and it, it was kind of social realism come docudrama come soap you know you had uh, the Grants who were lefty leaning union uh, uh, loving family and then their son mm. Damon got a little got a bit smacked out on drugs and, and whatever but it was all believable you looked at these characters whether it was the Grants or the core kills before they went crazy and whatever and they were all believable for the most part the characters in the arches are believable you know even the ones that are slightly comedic they're still believable but the things that are thrown at them People do not, a little country village, do, do not deal with such things on a bi-monthly basis. <laughs> on exactly. a weekly basis. That's what I'm struggling <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. calm it down, please. Because, as I, as I said before, and I didn't probably fully form, form this thought, but there's a reason why this thing is on Radio 4, and it's because 
people, dare I say, a little bit more cerebral and actually want to read in between the lines. When when characters yeah. say something, does it actually really mean that or does it mean something else and blah, blah, blah. You know, mm. we if this was on TV, yes, you know, paint it with garish colours and have a disaster mm. and, and have a, a disaster and yeah. a disaster and disaster. Uh, you know, have some kind of cataclysm <laughs> every other week. But that's called yeah. EastEnders. Yeah. And, you know, and I get that there is this uh, tension between keeping the older listeners on board and I'll class myself just about as an older listener now if you've got three decades on you you're an older listener um, and chasing ratings but you've got to be careful you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here you've got to be really yeah. really careful you know we need to you know if this is a case of I've come in I'm editing this show I need to put my stamp on it. You put your stamp on it now. Let's row back a little. Let's row yeah, back yeah. a little so we can all catch our breath. Let's get people married off that want to get, you know, if if Adam wants to go off and, and, and not be with Ian and be with Charlie, great. You know, we've sowed enough seeds there and he's saved him from drowning and he realizes that he loves him and blah, blah. Let them just quietly do that. Let's calm it down. I want a flower and produce show. I do. I need. Well, I need one, Lucy. To, to I be need on, one. <laughs> to be honest, for the next three months, all anyone's going to be doing is filling out insurance claim even, forms. Even that. So <laughs> it'll be very even quiet. Even that, right, has robbed us really of the delicious uh, spectacle of Kenton coming back. Because actually, he's going to get yeah. a shed load of cash. Yeah, he's going to get a shed load of his. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we've been so many things. Might as well not bother coming back exactly. now. Exactly. Forget it, Kenton. You know, keep right. spending it's on that way. credit card because you're good, mate. You are yeah. good. Right. You yeah. know, it goes... We've been... So many things were set up, which this water escapade has just, you know, pun intended, pissed all over. And, you know, I feel quite strong about it. I've sworn <laughs> twice now. Right. And I, I'm so... I was going to say, I've I'm never upset. seen you this exercise. I'm upset. Right. We don't need it. Anyway, call her in or us. Oh, that was... <laughs> Take, I need to lie down. Break. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Who we got, Lise? Oh. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. As you predicted last week, I'm now in the middle of packing for my imminent departure to Spain. Referring to last week's podcast, which I enjoyed, I will confirm that I am not someone who normally watches The Voice merely that it was on and a thought came to mind and Lucy can I thank you for stopping Royfield from reaching out. I would agree that the Archers has had its soapy moments over the years. I've been listening long enough. Mail van robbery, plane crashes, ironstone mining, adultery, usually quite tastefully done, plus exploring the social changes. Jenny's baby and um, Kenton, how can I put this? Ah yes, not having HIV because that was a step too far. The other side of this is the constant pain over the last 12 months. For any single village, there is just too much, and although I have to say it, the consequent overload simply means that the listener cannot properly absorb and handle the volume, and alongside this, it means that the stories are not being properly signposted, explored, and developed by the writers. I could give you chapter and verse on Ed's lease, but I know I'm a boring accountant, and I do know the purpose of the podcast is to entertain. But Simon Frith had previously set up a particular point on the lease, and Paul Broderick completely failed to get it right. Concerning the current week, I do hate the concept of each episode not being on a separate day. 
This repeated exercise, along with the recasting of particular characters, has done far more to alienate me than any of the actual nonsense stories. The TV soaps win awards for spectacular crashes, fires, floods and the like, and sadly there are no longer any radio awards, I believe. A TV shoot of Ambridge flooding would break the bank of all the major soap makers, so perhaps the team deserve an award for the most references to forgotten aspects of Ambridge. Did you know that there was a boat on the lake at Arkwright Hall? And all the non-speaking cast getting mentions, as well as a surprise appearance by Alistair. I have been told that somewhere on Facebook it has been reported that Scruff will be found injured and will be sent to Canada to recover. When he returns after six weeks, he will have a different bark. It was inevitable that at some point the team and the village would be flooded because of the impact that floods have had on the country in recent years. Sadly, it cannot help but dominate the coming weeks as houses and lives are rebuilt, and that simply continues the overload I mentioned before. I hope to be back in time to contribute next week, but if I can't, I won't be here. Bye. Ah, Cosmo, who, mm. who, who was getting very, very annoyed with everything happening on the same day and, and was also wandering around saying, is it still Sunday? What's happening? Uh, I think that did annoy a lot of people. Uh, and again, I'm not quite sure why they did that because surely before, during and after a flood gives you three days worth of stuff. I don't know why they needed to do one whole day on, you know, mm. one whole day over, over sort of four episodes. Um, yes. And he kind of echoed what you said, really. Uh, just Cosmo wishes everyone to know that he is now going to the Costa del Sol uh, and will call <laughs> us when he's back. I wish I had as many holidays as Cosmo. Uh, and he said he does know why, and he does, and he's willing to tell us, if we want, at great length, why there, it was ridiculous that um, Ed was let off the, uh, the contract for the land uh, early but he's not going to because he says he knows that we already think he's a boring accountant which we don't <laughs> we think he's an accountant who has an awful lot of holidays that doesn't sound very boring at all mm. uh dusty substances oh, can, can, can i just say cosmo yeah. um this roy ifield thing is is starting to spread <laughs> so, so well done, we've had two so. people referring mm, yes yes and it, did, it did make me made me titter uh on more than one occasion so well done t-i-t-e-r he also said uh-huh. that uh, he was watching the voice <laughs> he also said that he was watching the voice by accident in case we thought that he did actually <laughs> hello it's dusty substances here the wrong sort of listener well, we're all emerging from the longest Saturday night on record. I think it finally finished on Friday. But at last, the 2014 floods have hit Ambridge. And presumably this finally gives Root B the bums rush. So we're all moving on wonderfully from that now. Clearly the most irritating thing is the total lack of initiative of Ambridgeites to drown properly. I had high hopes of it being Rob, but tragically he now seems to be a hero, albeit a rather belligerent one. I had even higher hopes of it being Charlie, but no, Adam had to rescue him as well. I feel really cheated of this. And we were also cheated in the resuscitation department, because I thought we needed two or three choruses of staying alive by the Bee Gees to get someone breathing again. We just had Adam counting. I mean, that's not right. Anyway, very worried about Linda. I really think Scruff has bought it. And with the second flooding of Linda's home as well, I think she's on the way to a breakdown. She didn't sound herself at all. So what next? I 
think we're going to see the benefits of huge sums of insurance money and nobody is going to miss the Brookfield Millions after all. And I really hope that Kenton's going to be all right. Very worried about my darling, darling Kenton. Anyway, that is it from me. So uh, thank you for the podcast and speak to you soon. Bye. Dusty Substances uh. echoes your point that the floods were the end of Route B, but it also means that the insurance money will now replace the missing Brookfield Millions, which is extremely irritating. Um, now, we have a fan of the floods, John from Newcastle, who is some sort of banker. Hello, everyone. It's John from Newcastle here. I've been away for about three months. I haven't caller in a since before Christmas. Um, I have been listening in the meantime, um, and, um, and I've had quite a busy couple of months. I've been starting a new job. For those of you that are interested in, in what we do, I'm a, an ALM product manager in the Treasury Department of one of our high street banks, a, a high street retail bank. Very, very interesting for me, but possibly not for, for, for some other people. Um, it's Sunday afternoon, and I've just finished the epic week that was the Great Flood of Ambridge. This is controversial, but I've really enjoyed this week. I think there's been such a good storyline. Coming from rural Northumberland, I know that, that flooding can happen and rivers can burst their banks in the countryside. It happens all the time, so this is a realistic story for me. But the, the, the upsetting thing for me is to see Linda broken um, over the... the potential loss of scruff it's it's not often that we don't see linda taking charge and leading the community and um to see her a bit more a bit more i don't know vulnerable i suppose um and as, as elizabeth said she's just been staring into space i think it was elizabeth somebody said she's she's just staring into space this isn't my linda um and i want my linda back the unsinkable linda snell it's uh it's about time that uh, she snapped out of it jolly quick. I hope Scruff's all right. Anyway, um, that's it from me for this week. I'm still loving the podcasts, and um, thanks very much. Bye for now. I didn't. I couldn't imagine John from Newcastle being a banker, but apparently he is of some description. Um, he said that he said the flooding was realistic, and that he is from a rural area in the northeast, and it happens, and it is like that. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Allison tweeting as cheers, calling in. Wanting to say, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who said such nice things about the interview I did with my mother-in-law that was broadcast. But I'm so thrilled that so much of it was usable and able to help out the program when they were in a pinch. Um, because we really enjoyed recording it. And she's clearly really enjoyed being a part of the Archers over the years. And now she's moved into a new phase of talking about it on the internet. More broadly, over the last few weeks, there's been a whole load of righteous anger on the archers, hasn't there? Everybody is up on their high horses about shit. Sometimes it's understandable, and sometimes it's not. But there's a particular one that I would like to get on my high horse about, and this is about Roy. Roy is getting divorced, and I think that's absolutely as it should be. But I see so many people going, oh, poor Roy, you know. And I mean, people in the show, everyone's going, oh, his world's been turned upside down and blah, blah, blah. And of course, the characters don't know this, but we, the listeners, know that he was offering to leave Haley to go be with Elizabeth. And so I don't have any sympathy at all. Am I the only person who doesn't have any sympathy for Roy in this situation whatsoever? I think this is exactly what he deserves. He wanted her, he wanted Haley out of the picture, and now she will be. And he's had a change of heart, but really, I mean, let's be honest, let's all be grown-ups. You know, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Roy and his behavior, and I think this divorce is exactly what Haley should do. I think it's the self-respecting thing to do. But it's interesting to me how few characters in the Archers seem to see it that way. 
Anyway, that's just my thoughts on a straying man. Lastly, you asked what we do for a living. I work in a bookstore, a beautiful little independent bookstore in South London, in a village that's frankly not unlike Ambridge at all. I mentioned this to my boss and I said, yeah, I could see Jennifer Aldridge living around here. And she laughed and she said, oh yes, there's a few Linda Snells as well. Um, I also note that there are no bookshops in Ambridge. No bookshops, no libraries, at least nothing that's been mentioned. So I dread to think that they're all shopping on Amazon, which would be just the worst. But anyway, so yes, I'm a bookseller. Love the podcast. Love it always every week. And thank you so much for last week's, which I enjoyed incredibly every moment of it. The calls were great. I loved hearing Angus Haggis's caller jingling in the background while Weatherspoon made his call. That was really nice. And it's just great to hear everybody calling in and interacting and having a good time. So yeah, long may it continue, is what I say. Chiaz uh, says that she goes back to Roy and said, we need to remember Roy offered to leave Haley, And I'd forgotten that, to be honest. She said she's concerned about all these people saying, oh, well, Roy's had a hard time and blah, blah, blah. And I was sliding in that direction until her her um until Cheers's um email sort of her call kind of brought me up sharp because i had forgotten that he had said i, I will leave Haley and the girls I and haven't. yes that is in that case he deserves every bloody bit of it mm. if he can be that you know cavalier about abandoning somebody who's well, you know he he, he was... supported him for all this time yeah. listen um back last summer i said i was not a roy roy tucker fan at all mm. i just think taken from uh, you know viewed from a slight distance i'm i'd be prepared to uh forgive um his transgression but that but that's just me and um but yes i i fully appreciate that many more people will be much more judgmental and moralistic and view it completely and utterly as, as black and white uh but um, but he's always been a bit weak hasn't he roy no, that's, that, is... that's unfair because he was he dealt with Kate back when Kate, oh, that's true, you know, yeah. swanned off and but he was you completely know, he took hold t- of Phoebe. Yeah, and he's been solid in his conventional boringness. That's been yeah. Roy Tucker's. No, strength. but he got completely kind of um, completely um, taken in by those racist idiots who, did, mm. you know, attacked but... Usher and everything, and he was just completely. He didn't give it one second of rational thought. He just went, oh, are you doing that? Oh, all right, then. And then he went, he's just incredibly suggestible. And I'm not saying that as an oh, excuse. Oh, you know, but that's harsh. That's harsh, you know. And, you know, for somebody who's a, who's a, who's a person of colour, right, I just think, you know, he was a teenager back then. That's not to completely absolve him any kind of blame and to say that you don't have a brain in your head. But he was um, somewhat of a suggestible teenager. And I'd hate to, you know, I wouldn't call him, you know, we called him Roy the Racist, right? But yeah. I'd like to think that he's somewhat evolved over the last kind of like 20 odd years from, from that incident. And I wouldn't. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, you know the, the sins of, of youth that only be, you know, colleague for the rest of your life. So, but uh, anyway, let I fully understand that us as the listeners, we know that he turned round to Elizabeth and says, I will leave Hayley. Yeah. And then he was drunk at Christmas or New Year's and he went, oh, I love you. And it, was, <laughs> and, it, and it was a great scene. But I truly believe that he loves Hayley and he realises he's made an R, a massive art of himself and a mistake. I still think if, if Elizabeth... I think if I think if Elizabeth had looked at him sideways, he would have been off like a shot again. Even when he was trying to sort things out with Haley. You know what? You 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 could well be correct. You could well be correct. But I think I think I think I think he he might even be sorely tempted by that, but he'd go, you know what, I think my bed is but you know, which side of my bed is buttered, and I, I want to. Uh, stay with I think, it. but you know I what? Think... But you know what? We probably will never know now. Mm. No, I think we will. Really? I think because I think she might come back, and then I think he'll be put in that situation again, and I think he'll dither again, and he'll do something that will make her think that he's lying again, and and, and well, uh, if be off. if he has the opportunity opportunity so I put my teeth in if he has the opportunity to be back with his daughter who he clearly adores and loves yeah and he would jeopardize that to be you know with Elizabeth well then he's the ass that you say he is completely yeah. and you know what what little kind of sympathy I have for him would evaporate uh, very mm. very quickly you know, because it is obvious that apart from just missing Haley, he's missing his children, his two daughters, and he wants to be back with them. So yeah. I don't care how much in sexual thrall he might be under Elizabeth Podge's spell. I'm sorry, but your own flesh and blood and your obvious pain from being apart from them should trump that. And if it doesn't, fuck you, Roy Tucker. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> angry this week. I'm sorry, Lisa. <laughs> Oh. Roy fucker <laughs> Roy the fucker tucker yeah. um, That makes Elizabeth a fucker tucker fucker <laughs> oh, I'd love to chop all that out Hello Dumpty Dum It's Ben here from At Ben's Winemaking Or Cello Susie's brother-in-law if you prefer I just thought I'd get in touch about This week's Archers And the Flood I personally really liked it I know that quite a lot of people didn't 
but it's been leading up to this for about a year now and I think was very well written. The first uh, four episodes I thought were excellent. Uh, I was genuinely concerned about Pip and I never expected that I would be. I was pleased to see that Auntie Christine had woken up from playing bridge at Eleanor Bronze and I thought the scene with uh, Charlie drowning nearly and being underwater was extremely well written and well recorded. On the whole I thought the, the script writers did an excellent job. Who knows what's going to happen now? I wonder whether this is going to stop Route B and whether it's now solved the whole relationship problem between David and Ruth, which will have lasted all of 60 seconds. Things I quite liked about it as well were Frida Fry panting. I don't think she's ever been heard even that much before. Uh, I liked that Adam said, how's that, to Charlie at one point on Wednesday's episode, which made it sound like they were playing cricket. And uh, I'd be interested to see what everybody else thinks. I suspect I'm in the minority. I love the way that this poor man will forever be known as Cello Susie's brother-in-law. <laughs> He's not, I know perfectly well his name's Ben Hardy, but I still think of it as Cello Susie's brother-in-law. Um, he, along with John from Newcastle, uh. really liked the floody flood. Bonkers. And said the script was very good. He f- They're newbies. How long have they been he... listening to this show? Six months. He, f- <laughs> he felt that the script was very good and he said that he felt genuinely concerned about Pip. Mm. When she was left all on her own, Leo. The actual script writing vis-a-vis the characters in Peril, I think, was good. And the acting was good. You know, this isn't a blanket condemnation saying it was all a pile yeah. pup I'm not saying that at all it's yeah. an overarching flood so I thought Pip and Tom was very good and you saw the emergence of uh, the next generation of you know of the archers at Brookfield and the fact yeah, that yes and that actually when the shit hits the fan or when the am breaks its banks if that's the right metaphor that Pip Archer when the shit hits the am (laughs) that Pip Archer um, is a capable resourceful farmer and 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 that and that was brilliant you know Uh, yeah so and and then that was writ large at the end wasn't there was a whole thing that you know we know that the farm's going to be safe in your hands or whatever exactly David said to her and stuff and that that was all brilliant and uh, but it's just you know if this flood had happened and we'd had just about nothing of any real consequence Farron Produce show the single wicked the that nonsense where Chris Carter was you know uh, on, on the cross and whatever the passion play <laughs> if we just had that kind of nonsense yeah. in the last 12 months I'd be much more disposed towards you know the drowning of, of Ambridge you know but it's like that yeah and as I say it isn't just the spectacular over-the-top bonkers soapiness of it which you realise is, is absolutely soapy because of all the other big storylines. It's the fact that, in effect, we've been robbed of so many other great storylines because, dare I say it, the Kenton uh, money thing is watered down now, pun absolutely mm. intended. 
Mm, I was yeah. absolutely yeah. Lo- not just me. Everybody was absolutely looking forward to that. He's going to get yeah. back. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. The ball was underwater, or uh, maybe the ball it, it, yeah. escaped being underwater. But you know that. So by the way, you yeah. haven't got two million quid, but you probably got about two and a half. Yeah, in the insurance. And, and and buy and and, be, and don't even get excited or exercised about that because the village was underwater there were bigger things you know it's mm. like come on you know uh, we, yeah. it's like we've just had a collision of two completely different dramas mm. yeah yes hi dumpty dum it's jojo sexy heels here and i do hope that in the background roy field is playing bridge over troubled water We need something to soothe our troubled brows this last week. A few things that have been winding me up over the whole flooding thing. The rat leaving the sinking ship was clearly Ruth. Couldn't believe that off she went, even though the waters were rising, more interested in getting up to Prudder to look after her dear mother. The playing of Islands in the Stream. Yes, all the clues were there in the pub and the return of Jazza. Oh, hallelujah, Jazza's back. Maybe he can be singing in the choir for the Hallelujah Chorus as well come Easter. Well, I've covered a few different bases there. I'm really looking forward to episode 50 next week. I'm sure it's going to be a riot. So speak to you all soon. Bye now. Uh, Jojo Sexy Heels said uh, rat, uh, Ruth is a rat for leaving the sinking ship, literally. Um, and she left even though the waters were rising. Uh, but she was much braced by the return of Jazza. Hoorah! For one horrible minute, I was thinking, God, has he mm. gone? Because we didn't seem to have heard from him for ages. Especially when they had um, uh, Burns mm. Night and they had everybody in the bloody village doing funny Scottish accents, except the only one who's actually got a genuine funny Scottish <laughs> accent and he wasn't in it, which is ridiculous. Um, so I was, it was starting to cross my mind that maybe he had gone which would be very worrying but i'm very glad he's back because i do love jazz art it was noticeable to me that kind of in february we had a whole load of characters who hadn't been on for a long time yes and i'm wondering (laughs) and as well i love the fact that there were silent characters rescuing other silent characters (laughs) from the floods and we had uh was it frida fry that was panting we heard we heard a (laughs) yes But I'm wondering whether this isn't some kind of... And Cosmo can help us on this. Do you think they got Judy Dench in again? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe Cosmo can help us with this. But, you know, it's um, local authorities at the end of the year. Towards the end of the financial year. <laughs> do all their do road all their works I'm wondering March. whether the bean counters, uh, you know, at, at the archers... So, no, we've got yes. a bit left, chaps. Who haven't we heard Let's from? Let's get Robert Snell in. <laughs> Jimmus, come on. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. Alistair. And I spent... I was pottering around the kitchen. I kept going, ooh, Alistair. Ooh. <laughs> Every time we heard somebody we hadn't heard from for a while, I thought, you mm. silly cow. Now, you're, you're commenting on appearances of people. It's just... It's all this talk, you see, of people who sit by their Facebook mm. accounts ticking off on their spreadsheet who's, you know, who's who last appeared in 1973 and whatever. But yes, I did like Sabrina Thwaite commenting on Frieda Fry. <laughs> It was that whole episode was full of reported speech. It was just everybody was saying to everybody else, "Hello, you two. Guess what's just happened to so and so? Who isn't in this scene?" And it was just everybody reporting on everybody else because there was, mm. there wasn't time to go around. That's why they had to do that infographic yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. 
go and go and check where everybody is as if we care but i can't you know it no injuries really was there i mean rob got walloped good and charlie nearly died it's scruff scruff is what everyone's are holding out for well just just off off mic i, I haven't heard today so is, is scruff being found oh no so it's scruff as like yeah Scr- uh, scruff is a wall <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> was that some was was that some wag on hey pun? Was that some wag on Twitter or was that you, hey wolf? Oh, that was me just well now. Done. Did you not hear me? Yeah, but you, you could have borrowed it from <laughs> somewhere could... else. No, I don't borrow. I steal. <laughs> I don't borrow. <laughs> Listen, have we done all the caller inners? We have, but we have Ooh, some email okay. inners. Go for it. Glyn, full of love, with a uh, plot prediction. Uh, quick prediction for you. The Scratch Messiah will become a fundraiser for those affected by the Great mm. Flood. And at least two major soloists will donate their time for free. Stand by for Bryn Turfel and Catherine Jenkins making celebrity appearances. Do you know, I've got a horrible feeling that sounds exactly the sort of utter pants they would actually do uh who the hell are these people i'm sorry to be a working class pro they're light opera well Catherine jenkins pretends to be an opera singer she's actually mm. not but she's incredibly beautiful um she has mm. got a lovely voice and uh Bryn turfel is a baritone or a tenor i think uh light opera oh, okay. sort of thing they're the kind of people that pitch up on songs of praise oh okay all right you know and alid gives them a big hand <laughs> <laughs> anyway um <laughs> Not for the first time. Um, then we have Phyllis Tea Room, purveyor of fancy fondants to policemen with strange mm. names, as she puts it. Um, she said, I haven't had the courage slash folly to Google male appendages, but let us just say that I cannot now hear Brian Aldridge without thinking of Southwest <laughs> England or Italy at about 7pm. <laughs> um, this rather damp week was like a spot the heroic phrase test. Yes, I completely agree it was. From Plod, we had... Ambridge needs you from Adam don't be a fool she said very Paul Temple and tonight David gave us it's our home and it always will be and was it just me or did we have the dramatic music did we at last keep up the good work chaps Fliss yes we did have the dramatic music and Mistress Cullis tweeted to say that apparently the previous editor Vanessa Whitburn banned that music she Mm. hated it the you know with the more portentous boom, 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 but mm. she didn't like that um and so the new editor has brought it back to mark his own uh you know his his his, uh, his own uh crisis well i think that should have been his own grace mm. moment I suppose. that's that's all he needed to do we didn't need you know just say i'm bringing back is my gift to the arts i'm bringing back the more dramatic the dumps yeah. And that was it. It didn't need yeah. to actually carry through. Anyway, I'm just repeating myself. So, uh, have we got any more emails? Uh, Maureen, no. Yeah, one more. Maureen Freiberger as well. Now, you might be able to answer this mm-hmm. one. She's, the subject is, how is it Ruth and David have control of this farm? And she says, what is the deal with Shula, Kent and Elizabeth having shares? When will they get their shares? Is it only at the sale of the farm? I've only been listening since Nigel flew off the roof, <laughs> she put it. Um... I can't remember. I know I can, I remember the the emotion, but typically I can't remember the the cold hard facts Me either, of it. It was divi- It was Phil, wasn't it? Phil decided to leave the farm to mm. David 
and he compensated the others with shares. Exactly. And then there's a whole plethora of different ways it can then be sorted out. So it's a case of if you sell the farm, then the other siblings get X and Y. And they're, they're non-kind of exec um, directors of the company, so they can't tell David what to do, but he can't make any ma- you know a, a decision to actually sell it without referring back to them, etc., etc. But but oh, um, okay. I tread very lightly on, on company law. So this is where we actually need Cosmo. Cosmo, we know you are a boring I was going to say, we know yes. the man. You know, please just, just call <laughs> in next week and just... I don't boring. think he's boring. I absolutely love me a bit of Cosmo. I know, but he says well, he's boring. Well, he worries that we but, think he's boring. I don't think but he you worries. Know. I don't think he worries about anything. He's on holiday <laughs> 11 months of the year. I'm sure he doesn't But you worry. know when you're at that dinner party and you say, you know, what do you do? And somebody says an accountant. You do go, <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, good. Um, but yeah. whilst we're talking about people and what they do in their careers, can I say a special hi out to Sarah Evans? who's also known as Jessica Drew Spider-Woman on the Twitters. Um, she asked, she said, uh, Royfield, when are you coming back to Blighty? And I think the answer is on Wednesday. So I will be back Yay! for our 50th episode, which we need to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, juicy loose. Um, okay. But um, the reason why I just wanted to mention Sarah Evans um, is to say that she has got a very good website called twickmums.com. So if you're in the southwest bit of Londinium and you're a mum, and you're looking for things to do, meet up with other mothers, etc. Have a look at twickmums.com. It's a very good website, and Sarah does um, the sales and marketing for it. So there you go, twickmums.com. Ah, very good. That's it. Ooh, That's the end of all right. the calls. Uh, yeah. So I think we should just about take five and uh, come back with a bit of Millie. <laughs> Hi, this is Joanna Van Camden. You may also know me as Fallon in The Archers and Elvira in Blythe Spirits. And I just wanted to say congratulations, Dumpty Dum, on your 50th episode. It's going to be a stonker. And um, I'm really pleased that you're doing so well because it's a funny show. And I love it. I love listening to it. And Lucy and Royfield, you're great. And you're doing a great job. And thank you. Thank you for keeping enthusiasm for the archers going. Congratulations! Yay! <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> okay. G'day, Dumpty Dummers. Millie Bell here. First of all, I'd like to welcome a few people to our page. Jacqueline Chapman, Claire Bradford, Shane Tanner and Lisa Cadaro. But I would particularly like to welcome Helen Smith, who is our 600th person to like our page. So welcome to you all. I've had a bit of a look around at the Facebook pages this week and there's been a lot of discussion about Pip and David during the aftermath of the flood. Um, Lots of people are wondering whether the situation between Adam and Charlie is the beginning of the end for Ian. The script writers have generally got a big thumbs up for the character-driven plot. Some people weren't happy that the the flood happened over three episodes but was actually only one night, Uh, but that was fairly mixed. And the use of the dramatic theme tune at the end was largely applauded. That apparently was a technique that they used to use uh, some time ago when there was a particularly dramatic episode. 
Some people were disappointed that the only missing person was Scruff, not that he's a person, and that the deceased are sheep. But, ask some people, where are the llamas? Now, an interesting discussion started on one site about the geography. In fact, I think most of the sites mentioned this at some stage, that the geography just doesn't make sense. So people have been posting up copies of the maps with contour lines where they have them, um, which is not in many of the maps. But Jasper Gilder said the following. The lack of contour lines is an issue, so let's look at a few options for a major flood. One, Walter Gabriel's beavers, which escaped in episode 46 in 1962, built a dam down river. Number two, abnormally fast snowmelt at Penny Hassett Mountain Ski Resort has caused a surge. Number three, very rapid global warming caused by an uncontrolled escape of hot air from a scriptwriter's room has caused the ice caps to melt, the sea level to rise and Ambridge to be flooded. Four, Matt, not content with emptying Lillian's bank accounts, has returned and dumped 20,000 cubic metres of quick-drying cement in the river. Number five, David has recruited a Texan stock manager called Quentin Farlow, and he's dammed the river to keep all the water to stop those pesky hooings getting it. Oops, wrong soap. And then finally, there's Joe Grundy's waterworks, but that's best glossed over. How very funny, Jasper. I'm sure you don't wear an anorak either. Episode 46 of 1962, indeed. So, what's been happening on our page? Well, we asked the question, how did you think that the leaking am was going to resolve? And uh, there were a number of suggestions. Susanna said, uh, this will be what finally scuppers the road, or a water demon will appear in the milking parlour, gradually turning David into a giving hysterical wreck, while Ruth and Pip become more and more powerful until they have dominion over all. I think that was supposed to be domination, but dominion is good too. Diane Telford opines, oh, will it stop Route B like we said it would months ago? Nicholas Barnes says, I reckon it's just a device to demonstrate just how bad the weather is. To justify the accident, I hope Ruthless has on her way to visit her pet. Uh, Peter Kwan says, the presence of underground streams has been hinted at for many months. A sinkhole will suddenly appear exactly in the middle of Route B and a few cows will vanish down it. Jacqueline Burfos is my serious prediction. Jill will have an accident with Frida caused by the rising Anne. Ruth will come around in support of David and of course Route B will be unviable due to soggy bottoms. Oops, sorry, wrong program. Few of you not concentrating. <laughs> but my favourite was Valerie Bayliss, who in answer to how will the leaking Anne scenario resolve said, Tichinov will rise up through the mud carrying a ring and saying to Helen, Come here, my precious. I love that. Thanks, Valerie. We all have a little inner geek, don't we? Have a great week, everyone. And I will talk to you about Facebook. And I hope that you're all discussing madly with us uh, the storylines. I will discuss it with you next week. Ciao. Lucy. Yes. What are your top five hashtag The Archers tweets of the week? Uh, Catherine Rowan Jones says, I'm up to here indicates water level with the archers can mm. farmageddon please be over for sunday's episode uh rupert brun hello Wait a rupert. Minute. is it what? is it definitely farmageddon not uh amageddon i quite like amageddon because the am had kind of risen no she put farmageddon no no but i know what i meant was i saw the, the amageddon oh, I uh, see. hashtag Amag- as well yeah. oh. mm. i think it crossed my mind a bit slow no i saw that and i went ha. Oh. Ha-ha. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, Rupert Brun 
Hello, Rupert. Said, no wonder Chris was worried about the water. She is Auntie Cardboard after all. <laughs> Very true. Bits of Auntie Cardboard are floating under the bridge. Um, Hannah Clark said, to mark International Women's Day, can Titchy Knob drown? And uh, Steve Brooks <laughs> said, is nobody dead? In a <laughs> slightly petulantly annoyed way. Uh, and tweet of the week was Worcester Yokel. Who just put... <laughs> <coughs> he just put um, they'll have trouble in hospital getting a history from Frida <laughs> <laughs> the that, end that's very good that, 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 that's a quality tweet it is mm. uh, right so uh, I think we're just about done because we've done we've done Millie we've done the caller in errors oh we've done oh i tell you what we haven't done what? Uh, Roy Fields, you need to watch this show section. Roy right, Fields. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes, Roy I. Fields section. Um, so, I tell you what, bowled over, bowled over this week, right? I watched Transparent. Have you heard about that, Lucy? Yes. You have? Yes. Have you seen it? No. Simon has, I think. Brilliant. Jeffrey Tambor plays this middle-aged man who decides to become uh, transgender, and um, he's been oh, dressed. Oh no, we haven't. Then I haven't. It's brilliant. It's on Amazon, um, so you can either go down the Amazon route. If you're an Amazon Prime member, I think you get all the Amazon films and TV series free. Oh, now Chia's will be cross with you because she's trying to stop everybody using Amazon because she works for a little nice independent bookshop. Listen, I couldn't agree more. Right? And dare I say it, I don't have an Amazon account and I use backdoor illegal tactics to, to download me <laughs> from Transparent. So I think Chia's... <laughs> Which is clearly I'm right behind you, sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used a thing called uTorrent and I went to um, uh, kickasstorrents.com and I downloaded it from there. But put that completely to one side. Yes, let's Absol- not talk about the fact that most of this podcast is produced on iffy software, shall we? How? Listen, I've got something to say about that later as well, actually. Oh, mm. Okay. Polly you Jenkins. are full of it today, aren't you? You uh, I am. are up I am. to your ears uh, in righteous <laughs> <laughs> well, transparent, right? So the setup is this middle-aged man has this grown family. He's divorced from his wife, uh, lives in Los Angeles, and he decides, I just want to wear dresses 24-7 now. But isn't that and, Bruce Jenner, basically? But much more entertaining. Oh, good. But couldn't be much less more entertaining. entertaining he has these three children, incredibly dysfunctional, all in their different ways. And it's a gentle kind of dark comedy. But the last episode, there are only 10 episodes in the season, but the last one was an absolute stonker. And I just left going, <gasps> brilliant. <laughs> I cannot recommend this series enough. And just to see the stillness of Jeffrey Tambor's acting as um, the he-she, absolutely brilliant everything is just just done to you can't say the he she no because but they flip 
Sometimes the kids call him dad, then they call him uh, We'll call mopper. him the character mopper. then, not the no, 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 but, but that's the whole essence of it. That's the whole essence, that it throws everybody's pronouns up up in the air, you know, and it's like, what do we, what, dad, are you still dad? There's a fundamental questions, and so he's a he that becomes a she, and then other people still refer to she as a he, and what toilet does he go into, and how ridiculous does he look, and how convincing does he look it's brilliant it's mm. absolutely brilliant and the whole he she mopper so that's the the, the his children have to christen him a new title mopper mm. you know it's mama popper you know because they don't know what brilliant I, you know absolutely. it's the best uh short run comedy series i've seen in a long time long time stunning stunning bit of tv and it won a couple of golden globes and i can't recommend it enough well, I am watching House of Cards, which is brilliant. So there. Season three? Yes. It's not brilliant, season three. It's good, Lucy. It's good. I've watched it. It's good. How far have you got? Uh, Frank's rapping. He's been told he's not allowed to stand again. Mm. Yeah, still so he's trying to, to, to short, He's trying to introduce uh, this ludicrous America Works thing. Oh, sorry. That was a massive spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, Frank is no, trying to introduce what America uh, Works. America is. Works. Not, that's, that's not a sport. I haven't said what America works is. That's true. But, uh, and I was, I, there's a bit of an issue at the moment, and I was driving back from the governor's meeting just now thinking, what would Claire Underwood do? And I thought <laughs> she'd wear a really tight dress. That's what she'd do. <laughs> she just walks around like a cougar that's about to pounce. I she know. has such amazing grace that way. Yeah. Have you seen the scene where she's speaking to the Russian ambassador in the loop? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I watched last night. That's what Claire Underwood yeah. would do. Yeah. Throw off your negotiating a, adversary your by having have a, a slash in, in front of them. <laughs> Wear a tight dress and have a wee in public. Basically, it means go and live in Newcastle. That's what I say. <laughs> now, I, I was slightly disappointed with season three. Not that I didn't enjoy it. I did. Um, but for me, it almost feels like, like they're slightly... Uh, slightly padding yeah. but then again I thought season two they crammed way too much into it you know yeah. uh, and he's less of a caricature in this season he's more believable yeah. there's less um, villainous asides to camera but yeah. it's still very engrossing if you love American politics and I do you, you can't help but at least and I be, love uh, the thinly veiled references to Putin as well <laughs> Yes. They're not even thinly veiled. They might as well have just called him Vladimir Putin. Instead, they've called him <laughs> Victor or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. very good. Very good. Petrov, Victor Petrov. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it, the, the initials are exactly the same. Yeah. Petrov. Yeah. Right, uh, so it's the end of the show. So we've, we've, we've done our little uh, segues um, to, to keep people happy because we know you all love it when we talk about <laughs> non arch related stuff, Catherine Kavanagh. <laughs> Why are we Ooh. talking about spice? She said last time. Why are we talking about Chelsea Benchers? I'm a bit lost. Is anyone else? Because <laughs> it's my podcast and I'll do what I care. Now, on to more Dumpty Dum related stuff. Shop news. Do you, love, you love a bit of shop news, don't you, Lucy? Yeah, it's gripping. <laughs> Good, because the following have bought some stuff. Nancy Dickey, who bought a Dumpty Dum shopping bag. Do we have to tell what people bought? They might not want it shared. 
I think because what it shows is the the range and the breadth and the depth of our merch, Lucy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Christina Kramer from New York bought Dumpty Dum mugs. Uh, Steve Foxendernian bought a t-shirt. Susanna Taylor, which is Shello. Shello Seuss. Shello Seuss. And you know what she did? She didn't even just buy a sticker. She took a picture of her cello case sticker on. Are we selling cello stickers now? There is no. nothing we will not slap a logo no, on, no, is no. there? We've, we've got a sticker, and I think hers was Team Lillian, and she put it on her cello case, and she took a picture of it and she tweeted it. Have you done that ringtone yet? Oh, crumbs. <laughs> I will do it before I leave North America. <laughs> uh, Glyn Fullerlove, who bought a splash of gin darling glass. Remember, folks, these purchases are only valid if you post an image of yourself with it on social media. Because if not, we reserve the right to recall the goods at any time. <laughs> so you've been warned. You've been warned. So you have news, reviews, reviews news of the news. Reviews. And I've said that the wrong way around. <laughs> anyway, this week we have one, I stress, one new review. Polly Jenkins. Polly Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go for it, Lucy. Who's it from, Lucy? It's from Polly Jenkins, uh, from the colony that got away. Now, Polly, hmm. she wrote somewhat of a, how would I say? She said she loved Dumpty Dum, but she said, I'm a radio producer of some, uh, of some years, of some renowned, some repute, who is now in North America, now in America, from, uh, from British shores, exile from British shores. And she said, I'm a radio producer, so I don't like hearing the breaths. And the what? And it gra- yeah. Oh, breaths. The, Sorry, the, <laughs> I don't like hearing the, the breaths. I was thinking, what are they now, doing? Right now, if you are not interested in techie stuff, right, switch off here or fast forward for the next minute or so. Adrian McGrath has basically had his way. This is what I've started doing, and you've probably noticed keen listeners of Dum De Dum that Lucy and I's audio has got somewhat clearer in the last uh, last two or three episodes because now what we are doing is, is wearing recording... new dentures yes, yes. <laughs> we've both got new teeth we've invested and, yes and I am trying to drop my brummy accent and more receive pronunciation so everything's clearer and more understand well we're recording both at source at each end on Skype, we even tried to use a bit of software called PodClear, um, which is supposed to record at source and mix it online for you. That didn't work. We have taken everything you say completely on board. What this does mean, however, is it might take me even slightly longer to edit the shows. And I must admit, I was somewhat chastened. When people say to me that the production values uh, can be variable, and that's putting it at, it, at its most uh, polite, um, it did not bloody upset me because I don't really think, and I've said this before, people don't quite realise how long it actually takes to, to edit uh, a dum dum But I have been using new production techniques, as I said before, and I'd like to think it's not amateur hour, and uh, a lot of uh, my other output kind of go to prove that. However, 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 
Um, we have noticed somewhat of a surge in traffic uh, on Dumpty Dum recently and um, if we need to change things around in terms of how we physically do the show to help kind of foster and boost that even further far bit from me uh, not to so uh, we are recording at source things should be sounding clearer it does mean you might have to wait slightly longer for your dumpty dum so that's that so Polly Jenkins thank you for your very lovely review and I think you can go back now and give us five stars because you said you would when the audio quality got better and it's been much better the last two weeks and it means no, you no, can no, no, hear no. Me pouring my water and drinking my coffee and eating my toast and, and my tea in and me, hugely more graphic detail. And me clipping me uh, fingernails <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. That's how bloody clear things are. Right, How's the now. nostril hair? Are we going to have a crack at that or are we leaving that Stop alone? Stop it. I don't have, I don't have um, kind of like hairy nostrils. How's your, how's your foot? We would like to thank... <laughs> Felicity Ward-Smith and Maureen Freibarger for their deposits Ooh. into the offshore yeah. branch of the Royal Borges Bank of Dum De Dum where their kind contributions have enabled Royfield to stock up on some leather swimming trunks. What are you talking about? For I the tell you, what, I, you I, can I, go paddling round. I, I can swim but I'm rubbish around large expanses of water. Absolutely pathetic I am Lucy. <laughs> Don't like the stuff. Don't like the stuff. You know. Anyway, over to you. Do you know, you know Ruth? Uh, personally the yes obviously we know them all intimately I was thinking I was waiting for her to go I don't H2O. know <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's H2O um, you can also go to patreon.com search for Dumpty Dum and you can donate two dollars a show which is about one pint thirty Mm. and we've got about 11 patrons on there and we thank you all patrons uh, remember you can also send us a voicemail message via the site because the button is back Yee! or you yeah. can call us on 0203-031-3105 from an ordinary phone to leave us a message if the web thingy doesn't work or it just befuddles you you can ping us a regular text message via the site which is dumdydum.com or you can find us on the twitters where we are at dumdydum or you can tweet me at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Oh, you know what? I should actually register Roy I Field, shouldn't I? You should. Mmm. You're going to get some of them silly glasses as well, like that man wears. Uh, I've got a couple of pairs of, like, have glasses. You? Yeah, you know I have. I started wearing glasses um, in December, didn't uh, I? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mmm. I never look at you, I don't know. What do you mean? We're in Derek's back bedroom. You <laughs> <laughs> I think we've dispensed with that. With that not as, not as according to your little intro every week we haven't, Lucy. No, I just said I was trapped in the back bedroom. Uh, okay. You're uh. not. You're in San Francisco, obviously. Anyway, or me at Lucy B. Freeman. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before Ruth drowns Jill in the milking parlour. Hey. <laughs> Lucy. Okay. Yes. Mm. So um, can you count up to 50? What now? No, not now. Can you? In general, I was going to say that will make some riveting audio. That will. (laughs) Um, Yes, I can. Hmm. What number comes after forty-nine? Fifty. How many episodes come next week? Will we have done? Oh God! It feels like about twenty-four thousand. I don't know. I'm guessing. 50. What's the wedding anniversary for 50? Do we all get rubies or something? No, get something golden, don't you? 
Do you? Is that golden. gold ready? Yeah, I think. I'm googling it now. What What is diamond? What's ruby and diamond? Golden. It's golden. I told you Yellow. it was golden. Excellent. Well, that's all right because you are the colour of urine, aren't you? <laughs> so there you go. You can no. be our little golden shower. I I think people <laughs> have quite often said that my jokes on this show are piss poor. And <laughs> <laughs> But next week is our 50th anniversary. And what we're going to do for that to mark that special occasion, Lucy? Is get drunk. No, we're not. No, we're not going to do that. No. No. We're going to be live. Oh, Just God. like EastEnders with, with a... Oh, bloody hell. So, we... What, what do do you mean, sure, have we thought hell? this through? Uh, probably not. No, what we minute? never think anything through. We just announce it on air and then have, have to do it. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. Right. I hope you're in a leather chair. I am. <laughs> Otherwise, you need to take Imodium, I'd no, suggest. I'm in a leather chair. <laughs> um, we have kind of thought this through. Uh, at least I have. And this is how this potentially is going to work, folks. We're going to be live on Ustream between the hours of 8 and 9 o'clock next <gasps> week. People can't see us, can they? Nope. Oh, good. God for that. But maybe we should switch our cams on. No, because that means I've got to get dressed. <laughs> we will be on Ustream between the hours of 8 and 9 o'clock next week. And we're going to be joined by Joanna Van Campen, Fallon, Yay! and Tim Bentink, Yay! Uh, David Archer. So you, dear caller, can ring in and you can speak to them live so isn't that going to be exciting it'll be like swap shop it'll be like swap shop with a live phone in apart from nobody will ring in and say anything rude about five star <laughs> <laughs> these have some real dodgy toys to swap on swap shop didn't they they did you, they you did. couldn't get away with that nonsense now could you kids are just were, too all those kids trying to swap their cats and their sisters and things like that for <laughs> So next week, between the hours of 8 and 9 o'clock, now the show will be recorded, so if you can't log on to Ustream and listen to us live, there will still be a podcast. But dare I say it, some of the magic will be lifted from dum-de-dum folks. You're going to realise how badly I read things out and how much editing truly goes on in, into this thing. But it's, we're just going to live by the seat of our pants, aren't we, Lucy? We are, Yes. And I imagine that they will have a detrimental effect on the seat of our pants as well by the end of it. I'm terrified. You've got no idea how much stuff... I don't mean you, but I mean gentle listener has no idea how much of this we get wrong <laughs> before well, it no, goes out. Well, no, it's not we that I oh. get wrong. No, 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 me as well. You, you, you be, you're being polite. But anyway, so... Go on to ustream.com, which is the letter U, then stream.com, and just search for Dumpty Dum, and you will bump into uh, the URL for our channel where we will be streaming live. Now, if you are on the Book of Faith and if you are on the Twitters, we will put out a link so that you can just click on that. But as I say, I stress, uh, I'm not going to say there is no point doing caller in a recalls this week, uh, but I'm not going to put them on the show. The, the calls on the show will be people that ring up via Skype and, and then you will basically get on the show and you can speak to either myself, Lucy, or to David or Joanna. So 
if you want to do a caller in or a call, fine, do it. But it'll probably be put on <laughs> another week if I put it on at all. Okay, so that's that. Oh, you're oh, a hard man. Well, you know, I don't people thinking, oh, Royfield, I went through all this time and effort to call in and you could didn't even use my bloody call. Because I'm warning you now, it's going to be live, so I'm not going to be pressing buttons. This is 8 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. Don't be so ridiculous. 8 o'clock p.m. till 9. Oh, thank God for that. Next Monday? Yes, next Monday. So you've got okay. the archers and then you've got a 45-minute grace period to get all limbered up for a bit of live dumpty dumming Or now, have a large gin, in my case. But... <laughs> now, Tim told me, Mr David Archer himself, he said, Royfield, I will be driving back down the motorway from Birmingham, uh, just so you know... Uh, I will be in transit. So for added, <laughs> and he says, but I will use my hands free. I will not be breaking any laws. <laughs> There'll be no oh traffic God, violations. Bearing in mind Tim's tenuous grip on the technology when we interviewed him when he was sitting in his office last time. That is I can't true. can't imagine how that well it's going to go. That is very true. So anyway. Well, you could just chat on to Fallon then, can't you? Oh, that'd be quite nice. You would, you would wouldn't it? Mm, You're going to oh. go with silly again. Well, no, 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 <laughs> I apologise, I have spoken to Joanna since and I apologise profusely and I think we're all muckers and pals now and I've got through my old What for? Apologise for what? I was joking. What did you no, apologise for? No, come on, I just got all giddy and stupid. <laughs> I really did. And, <laughs> and and as I said to you, Lucy, it wasn't well, just I'm, what I'm I said on air, it's what I said to her off air. That yeah. was the real embarrassing thing. How love did, you. How did you love get you, to be Fanny. so pretty? <laughs> <laughs> the poor woman just thought, oh my God, I have to do this nutter for an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> but anyway, she's she's forgiven me. She's going to be on the show. It's all going to be good. It's going to be live. And, and I'm having promise... a drink with Tim Benting, can't I, on Friday? Oh, yes. now you're going to be there. Yeah, unfortunately, I will be back in Blighty on Friday. <sighs> I will be the gooseberry to your... Tim Bentink loving so anyway I think we should wrap this up because okay. uh, we can't say we need to do shorter tighter shows and then prattle on for another 20 minutes of that <laughs> fluff alright so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him toodaloo everybody see you next week between the hours of 8pm and 9 for our live dumpty dum and oh let's God. hope we'll all dry it out by then yes bye 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 Dumpty Dum was a Royfield Brown production. Do you know what else is a Royfield Brown production? The new fabby foodie podcast, Let's Eat. In the first episode, I enjoy a Brazilian, have an in-depth chat with star bake-off winner John Waite, and there is gin and coffee with the man from Starbucks, all on Let's Eat. For an amuse-bouche of the first show, before it's on iTunes, go to mixcloud.com slash letseatpodcast on March the 4th. And follow us, like a spice trail, on Twitter at Let's Eat Pod. I'm Susan Ray, and I have just one question. What's for dinner? Let's eat. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 